Hey, hey, thanks for uh, tuning in to a new episode of the Phoenix MMA podcast. So we got a cool podcast. This one's going to be short and sweet. I know I say that all the time that ends up going an hour, but this one shouldn't take an hour. So short, sweet episode, but should help you out with your training. Uh, so uh, lots of people, lots, this is going to be one of those that you uh, you might actually know. You might not know um, if you're new to training, like less than two years of training. Um, and sometimes you'll just, you'll fall out of good habits. So as a little reminder, um, Lots of these podcast episodes are reminders for myself as well. And just when uh, good stuff comes up, and uh, again, like I said, if you're under that two years of training, you're still new to training. So uh, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions um, when it comes to martial arts training and uh, and actually mastering a subject uh, because there's a lot of people that talk about mastering things and they have no idea what they're talking about. They, they haven't mastered anything in their life, but they watch a lot of movies and uh, put on a front and act super tough. So Lots of times uh, when you actually hear from uh, people that are masters or excellent in any topic, it'll actually be surprising to you, um, but uh, it doesn't go to that uh, base level. A lot of the base level advice that you're going to get uh, sounds kind of like, um, from a base level experience, you're like, yeah, that sounds right. That seems, it's like, no, there's a reason why the the pack or the herd, the you know, normal people, not everybody gets great or excellent at something. You know, 90% of the population generally doesn't go the correct way. So, you know, uh, some, some, sometimes the information is going to be counterintuitive to what you think. And, but if you actually take the time and you train or you think about it, um, you'll say, oh, okay, that does actually make sense. Once you hear it, it actually does make common sense, but there's just a lot of bad examples. And, um, I'm going to talk about that today. Actually, I got to put that to my notes. Um, uh, one second. Sorry for that hesitation. I almost left an important part that I wanted to uh, put the podcast out. So this one's uh, eliminating the drag from your train. So talking about drag, like for uh, a vehicle, like, you know, a car. Um, or if you're running, you know, if you put a parachute on your back, if you, you want to create drag then because you're giving yourself a, a stress stimulus and you're making it more difficult. But ideally, uh, you don't want this. You don't want... Um, any unnecessary drag in your training is going to slow down your progression, um, your skill development, and uh, these are just some things. Again, you, you'll, you'll. This will be a good one to listen to. You know, maybe every six months or so, uh, because it's going to go over a couple things that uh, everybody, even pro athletes, have to hear every so often. It will eventually become just part of a habit and kind of part of your uh, training personality, and you'll have it ingrained there. But from time to time, you'll you'll slip out of it, and you'll need a little fresher. So um, we're going to be going over some things that are just going to, again, slow down your progression. Uh, it's going to slow, slow down your progression with uh, developing new skills, new techniques, um, you know, uh, pushing yourself, um, pushing yourself, challenging yourself, um, and also it's uh, it will cause you injuries if you're not doing these things things and uh and then uh the 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 most important part probably to put everything together is the last little piece little note that i had and i'll you know break down why you're probably uh not doing this and you're nervous like what it stems from because it does stem from a very specific uh part of the population uh, i can't stand them I absolutely can't stand them they're they're cowards they're bullies and i can't stand them uh but uh the cool thing about training is it people's personalities they don't have to say a word it comes out okay it comes out people's work ethic how they treat people um you know if you're polite to people if you're kind to people if you got good, a hard work ethic if you're competitive if you're driven 
if you make excuses, but also if you're a bully and you try to pick easy matchups and you're, um, you know, you, uh, you, you only want to pick a fight if you know that you're going to win or something like that, um, that also comes through. You don't even have to say a word. It's just, it's easy. It's easy to see. You know, if you're 220 pounds, 210 pounds, and you're going against, you know, you every time the sparring rounds, you're picking out a 130-pound teenager, it's like, yeah, there we go. Pretty easy, you know. Um, but then you know, on the other side, I'll have a 150-pounder that is quiet, polite to everybody, works their butt off every single day. And then when sparring rounds, I got to control them because they want to go with the 300-pounder because they're like, hey, I want a challenge. So uh, it's, the, the little personality clusters are pretty interesting when it comes out. And uh, just because you're comp- – and there's also another one that's bad too is people think that uh, – don't want to be competitive being competitive doesn't make you a bad person now you can be competitive everybody's met a super competitive person that is really rude and is a is a jerk to everybody around them just trying to destroy them but you can actually be hyper hype you can be very competitive and still be a, a great person that's very nice to people it's just when it comes to a, um, a sport or a game you're you're competitive when it's time to be competitive but People also kind of, that's another personality type that's uh, frustrating to me. They'll try to, uh, what they try to do is they're trying to hedge their bets and weaken you. And if they weaken you, then they don't have to try as hard um, to, um, they don't have to try as hard uh, because they can just put you down and keep you weak. Uh, So anyway, uh, so first we'll go on uh, the, the, the first big one. Skipping warm-ups, all right? So this is going to mess up. This is going to mess up your training. This is going to create all types of drag for you, all right? Um, skipping warm-ups. This would also apply to competition. If you have a tournament or a fight coming up, um, yeah, doing doing this is going to mess you. It's going to, yeah, it's going to mess you up. If you got a tournament or a fight coming up, you need to have a good warm-up, um, you know, at least about an hour before you're going to start competing. Um, but with, you know, normal training, by the time we spar, generally we been moving our body for about 45 minutes to an hour and then we get going um the skipping warm-ups though um you know what's like the biggest thing is it's going to increase the chance of you getting injured okay um your body temperature needs to be elevated your heart needs to be elevated also for your heart you never want to go from a walk to a sprint it's not good for your heart to go from a relaxed state up to a heightened state it's not healthy for you you need to ease into that you need to gradually work up to it you also need to increase your body temperature. So as you increase your body temperature, you're going to become more flexible, less likely to pull a muscle or and you know uh, tear a tendon or a ligament. Um, you need to you need to increase your temperature. You need to increase the blood flow in those areas. You do need to stretch. You don't want to stretch while you're cold. You need to you need to warm up. Um, we don't stretch until we've done um, a, a decent amount, at least enough to elevate your heart rate with all the drills. If you're doing actually the warm up correctly, it's um, instructors. It's every instructor pet peeve is students that skip the warm-up um and it's it's not as a i at least don't i don't take it as a disrespect some instructors do they they kind of they get on a high horse and they get a little they just get a little arrogance to them and they they take it as a disrespect like okay you're disrespecting me because you're not following doing what i say it's not for me i don't feel that at all it's not that you're not doing what i say i I'm really big on individual freedom. You can, you know, I'll teach a technique to the best of my ability. If you want to to drill and work the technique the way that I taught, feel free. If you want to do an adaptation or experiment with something, feel free. I'm just, I'm teaching you the best way that I know how to teach it. That from my studying and my experience that I've learned, um, if you want to deviate from that path, that's fine. You're experimenting, you're studying. 
It's just, um, if you deviate from that path, then don't say, you know, just don't complain about it and say, well, I'm having a hard time with this. It's like, well, of course, that's not the way I taught it. That's not the, you know, um, and it's okay if you're, you know, if you're, I might just remind you like, hey, you know, the hand was an underhook, not an overhook for a reason. Um, it takes time before you actually, you actually learn things. That's why I'm not too harsh on people. That's another one of the bad behaviors is a lot of people that actually haven't achieved mastery in a subject. They're really harsh on everybody. They're real harsh on everybody, but not harsh on themselves. So they talk trash to everybody else. But when it comes time for them to like put in the hard work, like sparring or something, they're nowhere to be found, but they're really harsh on everybody else. Um, that's the mark of uh, someone who hasn't achieved mastery. This is not, not like, again, just, just don't understand. Um, actually what it takes uh, to actually achieve mastery if you've gotten there before you've won a world championship or national championship you know how hard it is you know all the heartbreak and the falls and the all the struggles that you've gone through um so you you get a good like um understanding side of yourself it doesn't doesn't mean that you give you know you uh, are super easy on people, but, um, you need to challenge everybody. We all need a challenge. We all need a coach. We need somebody that will make us grow. Um, but they're not, they're not going to be like, uh, harsh on you for, for, uh, for, a uh, unnecessary, uh, reason. Um, yeah, so it's going to decrease your chance of injury. That's the biggest thing in the warm-ups. It's doing it for the, the heart rate. You're getting blood flow to the major muscle groups. Um, you know, when you're sore, um, if you're lifting and you're doing conditioning, you're, you're doing all these things, if you're really sore, um, you, you really need to warm up those you know, those muscle groups before you do anything explosive, you know, uh, or, or squeezing really, really hard so you don't cause an injury. All of our warm-ups that we do in class are designed for that. So I know that they, they are repetitive. They're the same thing every day. But um, some things you need to do repetitive, the same thing every day. Um, you don't need to do everything because you will get bored and things, you know, then you'll get stagnation. But some things, your warm-ups, they need to have some continuity to them and they need to be consistent. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, so I get why people get bored. Um, but, uh, but you need to do them uh, for the, the elevation of temperature, heart rate increase of blood flow uh definitely when you're training four or five days a week and you're doing strength conditioning as well um skipping warm-ups is one of the the biggest recipes for injury okay generally people who skip warm-ups are the ones who get injured the most frequently people who do a really good warm-up and never spar without a warm-up get injured the least okay um let's see yeah, the, I, okay, so the, this is going to go into the purpose of warm-ups, but also um, why why a little bit into the injury prevention as well. So our warm-ups, say for a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class, um, you know, same thing for our Muay Thai class. We're working on slips, we're working on rolls, we're working on basic stuff that you need to get to the point where, you, you know, your hip escape, your front roll, your back roll. If you have to think about it, it's too late. Okay, that's another part of injury prevention, but also to help you out when you're actually sparring and you're doing your sport. All these things like slipping a punch, rolling underneath a hook, um, checking. You have to do be able to do these things without thinking. If you have to think, it's too late. 
okay? Um, the actual movement of the hip escape or the front roll, back roll, if you have to think, it's too late. Now, when you're sparring, things do slow down. It's one of the coolest things about getting into a flow state is how things slow down, you can think. But those are the base level techniques. They're so base level, you need to do them thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, hundreds of thousands of times. And then you still have to do them thousands of times to just keep them at a base level because all skills will depreciate if you don't work on them. Any, anything you're doing, um, you know, you only have so much memory in your RAM and the things that you're, that you're focused on, you know, um, and if you've, if you've ever made a career change, you know, if you think about a career that you had maybe five or 10 years ago, you'll remember the broad strokes of it, but the precise specific day-to-day routines, it would take you some time to get back into it. Same thing with a with a sport. You will remember the broad strokes if you haven't done jujitsu or boxed or wrestled for 15 years. You'll remember the broad concepts, but it would take you time to get all that memory to come back. All skills will depreciate over time. And the really important ones, like if you're just getting tripped or thrown, back rolling and not uh, rolling over your neck or your, your head, um, that's going to be important as well. Um, these are also coordination drills. So front rolls, back rolls, you'd be amazed. Common thing when people first start training, uh, they're usually really uncoordinated and doing a front roll and a back roll might be a challenge to where you actually don't injure yourself. Um, it's coordination training. It's base, base level athleticism training and coordination and, and keeping that. The next thing you're doing too is when, say for jiu-jitsu, you're doing a, a back roll and a front roll or um, uh, Muay Thai, you're doing slips and rolls or checks. Um, these, every single time you're doing it, you are, you're actually doing an active stretch. You don't want to stretch when you're cold, but active stretches uh, or dynamic stretches are, you're actually doing, incorporating mobility into it. So that's why I'll say for, for jiu-jitsu class with the front rolls, back rolls, take your time, go slow. You're, you're rolling over your back. Maybe you've been sitting at a desk or in a chair um, all day long um, and your back's probably got tight so you need to take your time while you're doing it go slow doesn't mean skip it but go, you know take your time with it but you're you're increasing your range of motion it takes a long time to increase flexibility and range of motion um, but doing it in a dynamic stretch is, is better than a, a cold static stretch um, static stretching is best done at the end of a workout when you're when you're really warm you're really hot not not at the beginning definitely not not when you haven't even uh, ran you know for five minutes um i've, I've heard this complaint from even high level jujitsu practitioners um the thing is when you're at an elite level say pro athlete level you do learn how to like i i can honestly i can spar my first round in jujitsu i can do a five minute sparring round and i can do it as a warm-up and not get injured i don't do it very often because i have gotten injured doing it i but I have the ability to do it. And it's where you, you start, you're start you basically starting at a real light jog. But it's not the best sparring around. It's not the best way to do it. It's, I very rarely do it. It's, it's, if I'm in a pinch, you know, it's like, it's like grabbing a quick snack at a gas station. It's, it's just, if you're in a pinch and you have, you absolutely have to do it, but it shouldn't be a normal thing that you're doing as your, your first warm up is a sparring round to start out. But high level practitioners, um, and when you're a pro level athlete, you're training so often and you've already trained you've been trained for the last 10 years and then you also have another training partner who's trained for 10 years they're also a pro athlete so you get this really good you know synchronization with your partner where you can start out by um uh drilling or you could start out by sparring even um like say uh josh uh hanger and kenny cornelius like they could start out and do a 10 minute sparring round and use that as a warm-up both of them have you know again over 10 years experience their friends their training partners and stuff with that you can you can get away with it again you can get away with it but 
the majority of the time that's that's not uh, for especially for new students like somebody under five years of training it's not smart to do and I still don't do it myself as you get older too if you're you know if you're past 25 or 30 it's just it's just not the optimal way to do it um i've i've even heard arguments to like why why do we jog like why would you jog well, jogging is just a really easy way to elevate your heart rate it's a really easy way it's easier to to jog um and elevate your heart rate um it's a nice low intensity you're you're not going to you're not putting any stress on your elbow tendons or anything like that it's very low stress, low impact. You're running on mats. Easy way to just elevate your heart rate. Even before you start drilling, like say if you want to warm up, like open mat time, you want to start dr- drilling Toriando guard passes to warm up. If you jog for just five, seven minutes, just a little bit, get your heart rate elevated, you're, it's still going to help you out um, then before going straight into drilling. Believe it or not, drilling Toriandos, you could still um, give yourself some uh, tendonitis in your elbow, some golfer's elbow or, or tennis elbow if you just start out drilling because your elbows are tight you don't you don't have increased circulation yet you haven't done anything and um and i've had uh i've had some uh golfer's elbow for the last six months and it is no joke it's really annoying so but the thing is you usually don't learn these lessons until you have an injury and then that's how you learn that's just just wisdom but these tips hopefully will help you out um yeah coordinate but the coordination is really important um basic coordination your practice coordination uh like i've even heard that skipping front rolls and back rolls i'd never skip front rolls and back rolls like i love when i find videos like there's one where a guy's riding on a motorcycle he gets in a wreck and he the motorcycle sends him flying he front rolls right to his feet it's like you need to front again all skills depreciate there have been so many times where i've slipped on ice in in a parking lot um or just you know just tripping over something and um i actually the funny thing we had um why did we have it? Why did we have it? I think it was my, my fiance's father's wheelchair that we had. When it was um, anyway, we just had it in our house. We were storing some stuff for him, and um, and I was playing around on the wheelchair. I was sitting on it. And I was popping a wheelie on the wheelchair. I was seeing how long I could hold the wheelchair. And um, as I was holding the wheelie, my I you know I was balancing. Uh, I fell backwards and just instinctually, very lucky on hardwood from being in a wheelchair doing something silly that um could cause me an injury that's you know i'm just being silly just playing around the wheelchair falls completely backwards as it falls back and essentially i just front rolled straight through on hardwood to my feet no damage to my head nothing to my neck like nothing just went straight through it i couldn't stop it it just wheelchair started falling back that's a really silly example but if you have a job where you have to be active you have to move stuff you have to lift stuff you have to move around um you'd be surprised like falling injuries are really common so even uh, the front roll and back roll doesn't seem fancy or anything, but really important uh, for everyday life and coordination. And especially if you're doing live takedowns, which we do live takedowns, um, falling is a skill. Okay, Falling is a skill. Spatial awareness is a skill. Knowing how to do a front roll when you only have five or six feet in front of you. How can you do a front roll without hitting that, that wall? Okay, um, So skipping those warm-ups here, you are losing some skill and some important coordination um yeah active stretch um you know the the crawl out push-ups that's another one that we'll have people that's the last exercise people skip that like i it's funny it's not i know that it's not going to build muscle it's not the point it's not enough stimulus to build muscle but also it's not enough stimulus to like completely gas out your triceps and your pecs um it's just enough to get a little bit of weight just a little bit of tension on your upper body before we do the stretches um so that when we're doing stretches and stuff you're not uh you're 
you're, you got a, at least a slight pump in your pecs, just a, just a little bit, not enough to gas you out. In class, I don't make us do push-ups and squats and crunches and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of martial arts classes, um, MMA gyms and stuff, they, they will incorporate the body weight movements. Uh, for our gym, our, our the way uh, basically our protocol is your strength and conditioning is done outside of the MMA gym. You're coming to the gym to, uh, to learn how to fight better. We're giving you skill and we're we're building your your strength and your conditioning through the skill work. But we highly encourage strength and conditioning outside of the gym. But you um, you know if we're in an hour class or an hour half long class, you're coming to us for skill skill development. So the the conditioning and the strengthening you're definitely going to get from your sparring and your drilling. But outside of that, I, that's why I don't make everybody do 100 push-ups every day in class. I, I remember being a student. I would get frustrated with things like that because I'd do a heavy you know, push day, and then, then our coach would make us do 100 push-ups. And it's like, okay, look, I, I already did this. I did a more effective workout than this outside of the gym, and um, you know, it's a little frustrating. But we're not, we're not doing that much. The crawl-out push-ups is just to get your upper body a little bit warmed up. But it's, I know it's not going to break down any muscle, but it's also if you already did chest, it's not enough of a workout to wear yourself out. I will do, um, I'll do chest and then uh, that morning, and then come for a lunch class and do the crawl out push-ups. And um, and I just got done with the chest workout, and then I'll come back again at night. And for the night class, I'll do the crawl out push-ups again, which I did chest earlier. Then I did lunch class. Then I did night class. Um, especially if I just, if I lifted in that day, I really need to warm up that that uh, that muscle group and and make sure that it's that it's loosened up and stuff because it's gonna be a, it's gonna be weaker because you just uh, you just if you just lifted. Um, so you really need to make sure that it's not super super tight. Um, but yeah, skipping those, uh, again, you skip those and then we have a pec injury, a bicep injury, a shoulder, a shoulder's tight or something like that. It's like, you know, we got to warm up. We got to warm up. It's really important. Um, so, and, uh, and for, just so you know, for most people, it takes about 15 to 30 minutes of a good and solid warm up before, uh, your, your engine's ready to roll really good. Okay. It's one of the other reasons why I wouldn't suggest like street fighting and stuff. And when I work, when I work security, if I think I'm going to have to fight, I start warming up. I start rolling my ankles out. I start moving my arms. I start rolling my shoulders and my wrists and stuff. I do as much as I can without letting, uh, the person know that I'm going to have to, uh, kick out of the bar without letting them know I'm warm up to uh to potentially have to uh go hands-on or fight with them become physical i warm things up that that can pop easy like an ankle or a wrist or your neck or your shoulder um but uh but yeah the last podcast was on the the bar fight stuff but um yeah, why do people skip warm-ups? We'll go to short, sweet, easy. People skip warm-ups because they get boring. Look, I totally understand. Look, it's okay. Do the warm-ups. Even if you're in your mind, you're thinking about the sparring round you're about to do, just fine. Visualize. Go to where you're going. Visualize whatever you're doing uh, while you're doing the warm-ups. Um, yeah, they they get boring. That's why people skip them. Um, uh, the other reason is it's uh, definitely an entitlement mindset. It happens all the time when people get uh, they get a little bit more seasoned in the gym, experience-wise, or they get a new belt. They're becoming a higher rank. I mean, like the the biggest the biggest people that skip warm-ups, to tell you the truth, are brown belts and black belts. Hundred percent. Brown belts and black belts are the ones that skip warm-ups the most. Um, and it's just an entitlement mindset. Like I've gotten to the point where I don't need a warm-up anymore. I've gotten to the point where it's like no, no, like and nope. Nope. Jiu-Jitsu world champions aren't doing that. Um, boxing world champions aren't doing that. UFC world champions aren't doing that. So 
why do you think that you've gotten to a point where um, you're not going to do it anymore? It's just it's just an entitlement mindset. It's uh, you start getting a little bit of rank and rank in an area in the gym, and uh, so you start thinking that you don't need to do uh, the things that that brought you to that level, and and that's always a recipe for uh, a downfall. Whether it's an injury or just people catching up to you and surpassing you and getting better than you is so once you once you feel like you've gotten to a point where you've arrived, and then you uh, you you start skipping all the things you start neglecting all the things that brought you to that point you know it's just just an entitlement mindset uh, I know it's it's really fashionable and it's and it's also true to like call out the young generation for being entitled but the older generation's entitled as well um, it's just a it's just a little human human thing that we have we you just it's just a bad thing you know it's just one of the character traits that we have to constantly fight against um and and work against uh, the the best fighters um are always the people that keep a beginner's mindset you know george st pierre anybody that you want beginner mindset when they're in the gym they're very coachable um and they're insanely good insanely good but also always like learning to are looking to keeping an open mind and uh keeping that um a beginner mindset, not thinking that they're uh, um, too good to, to do anything, basically. So, um, okay, all right. So enough of the warm ups. All right, just just don't skip the warm ups. It's gonna happen sometimes where you're running late from work. It's okay at our gym, not the end of the world. Um, you uh, but but you don't want to make it a habit. Um, and if you ever are running late from work or something like that, we'd rather you train than skip practice. So don't skip practice, but just make sure that you do a good solid warm up and good warm up, good warm up. Break a sweat before you ever spar. You should have already broken a sweat, and you should be nice and loose. So a good warm up routine um, is gonna make you perform better as well. Your reaction time, your strength, all that, all that good stuff. Um, the next one I'm gonna talk about, and uh, and uh, it's gonna be. Uh, to eliminate the drag from your training is um, you gotta you gotta stop keeping up with your gym record. Okay, um, it was actually uh, my brother was talking to one of our students, other stu- uh, one of our students, and uh, he relayed it to me, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good thing. That's a that's a good tip. Everybody share this. Like, stop keeping up with your gym record. All right, um, you should. You should never want to lose when you're sparring. You should never want to lose. And that is actually something that you can fall into when you become a higher rank. You can kind of coast and stuff. Um, and you'll, you, that's more of like a purple belt, brown belt, black belt problem um, where you, you'll get to a skill level where you can kind of coast in a practice if you need to and you won't push yourself. Um, you know, you need, to, you need to not be happy with losing and, you know, never, you never want to lose. Um, like, you never want to lose because... Um, of your negligence or your lack of focus or something like that. You do actually want to lose though because you have such good training partners because they're challenging you with new things or you just, you know, so you want to, you want to lose because you have good training partners, but you also don't, you don't want to go into it uh, wanting to lose or giving yourself, you know, uh, today I'm, you know, I'm, there's a difference from like if you're feeling overtrained or you're on the verge of an injury and then just just straight up mental fatigue everybody feels it like yesterday I woke up from the start of the day all the way to the end of the day like mentally it was just a drained mental day um, my uh, my daughter was just born a couple days ago and so my sleep is uh, my sleep's being affected of course when you have a newborn um, but I still just 
didn't matter. It was it was Thursday. Have to lift in the morning. The entire lifting session. Lots of times the the mindset will go away once you get moving and stuff. Sometimes it doesn't. But I have my program. I have what I'm gonna do. I have to get to the gym. I have to lift. I don't skip any sets. Don't skip any reps. Just do it. It's um you know it's that's one where you have this one of those days where you have to bite down your mouthpiece. Um, the evening session the jiu-jitsu class still i wish i wish it would have like went away but it didn't go away i still have to teach a good class that all of my students gain something from and then when we spar i you know i have a um i have a combat jiu-jitsu tournament coming up a pro combat jiu-jitsu tournament so i can't you know i can't just coast i need to have good goals and luckily uh sparring is so much fun training so much fun that in the moment boom goes away focus on what's going on have a good practice end of the day happy with the day even though the entire day was just not a mentally you know pumped up day majority of the time it's not like that um you you know you go through little like not necessarily phases but it depends day to day but even high level athletes will talk about all the time waking up and their schedule they have not necessarily wanting to do it now i i luckily most of the time i i wake up and i'm really excited about doing it and once you get like a positive momentum it's a positive feedback loop. So if you're in that, when you first start, I'll tell you the truth, when you first start training, um, you'll run into those bad days more than the, the, the good days just because you're in a rough spot because when, when you first start, you're not good at something, so it's tough. But, um, but as you start getting some, 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 some positive feedback, as you start um, hitting techniques or your sparring starts to get better and your body feels better, you look in the mirror and your, your body looks better in the mirror or it looks better on the scale, um, your, your numbers go up with your lifting or your conditioning um, and, you, and you feel and you can see the difference in your sparring, that will cause that positive feedback loop so it does come back. But, but every day is not going to be sunshine and you still got to still gotta put the work in um, if you're looking to compete, uh, uh, especially on the days that you don't feel awesome because those are going to happen and you know, might be, might be 20% of the time, 15% of the time, uh, you can't just skip those practices. Um, yeah, but your, your gym record, just don't, don't worry about it. It will, it will cause you to close up. And when you close up, you operate at like 65%. It's one of the hardest things about competing is getting yourself to actually operate and perform at hundred percent. When you close up and you worry too much about what your opponent's going to do or what you might fail at, or, you know, and you're worried like, Oh no, I, you know, I got tapped. Um, you know, I got tapped, you know, three times yesterday or something. You're, you're weighing on that. Like, it's like, you just need to clear it, like hit the refresh button, clear it. It's a brand new day or it's a brand new sparring round or after you say you get submitted and then when you shake hands, it's all, it's all everything. It's a new session. It's a new session, every single one. Um, and when you, when you, when you worry too much about it, it'll cause you to close down. Happens in competition all the time. You'll operate about the 65% mark, and you'll be really frustrated at the end because you didn't open up and you didn't, you didn't, uh, you know, go to your go to your full potential. So, um, so yeah, don't worry about your gym record. Okay. At the same time, don't don't uh, don't slack on yourself and just let yourself lose. All right. So it's a balancing act of. Don't be lazy and just not care about anything, but at the same time, don't beat yourself up too much, okay? So it's two sides of the same coin, um, but uh, that's this is just a reminder for everybody, and I have to have that reminder too. Um, you know, the other, the other day I got submitted, I got submitted, and I got um, two clean takedowns hit on me. You know, those the, the way my mind works, um, it's always worked this way from when I first started for MMA training. Well, it's, it's just 
once you have enough experience as an athlete, it will become part of who you are. But how my mind, I just started becoming, I was an athlete at five years old. So I got through all the, the negative mindset stuff pretty early. But, you know, I got two clean takedowns uh, hit on me and I got submitted. Okay. Like I can tell you accurately from that practice, how it happened, whatever it happened, you know, all these things. And I remember it, I'm telling you right now. So obviously I haven't forgot it. Um, but it doesn't like, doesn't beat me up it doesn't um doesn't it, what it does is it motivates me because it makes me excited like sweet somebody you know somebody hit a lateral drop on me that's exciting okay that makes me work even more so you just want to take that energy and just and and you want to consciously focus to to make it to turn it into motivation it can be the greatest fuel greatest motivating fuel ever um but you have to practice it you have to and you have to there's not an exact way to know how to do it, what you what you learn it from, um, consciously trying to take that energy that you feel that you want to throw and put yourself down with, and turn it into a motivation. Say, I'm going to use this as fuel. I'm going to use this as fuel. Um, how how cool will it feel when I can um, when that technique doesn't work on me anymore? Um, and if you start, if you kind of if your training and your sparring starts to stagnate, that's good to wake wake you up every so often um, to have things uh, like that happen to you. So. Especially the better you get and the higher skill level you get. So, um, uh, yeah, and on, on, on that, I'll close with just, uh, I've been listening, uh, there was a Tim Kennedy podcast I listened to the other day, and he puts it a great way. It's the exact same thing. Um, and uh, he, he put it a really great way. I, th- I think it was Tim Kennedy with uh, the Lance Armstrong podcast. So what he says is in training, every single day in training, he's, he rushes to failure. Whether it's uh, jujitsu or kickboxing or wrestling, strength conditioning, rushing to failure. Meaning every single session he wants to hit failure, he wants to get to that point where um, he gets beat. He wants to rush to failure, he wants to get to that, that point because after that there's growth. Um, so, uh, you know, it's like a, a special forces, Green Beret sniper, also uh, strike force and UFC top contender, really good uh, MMA fighter, black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, high achiever, level of excellence and mastery, multiple subjects, and, uh, and then says the same thing, like you want to get to a, a level of, um, you want to rush to failure. Now, I'm pretty sure it's the Lance Armstrong podcast, he asked him after that, um, later on he says, when it comes to, to fight day, he's like, are you still wanting to rush to failure? And he's like, no, no, when it comes to fight day, like competition day, it's go time, um, there's no way I can fail. Okay, so you rush to failure during your training so that when it comes to competition, your mindset completely flips. There's no way for you to get to failure because you rush to failure over every single day. You got to that point, you got to that point. When it comes to the day of competition, it's the opposite. You're, there's no way you can fail. And the reason why there's no way you can fail is because you didn't coast the whole time. Your whole training camp, you didn't coast. You, you rushed to failure with everything you were doing. You're working hard with everything you're doing. So you pushed yourself to such a high level that when it comes competition time, your threshold's so much higher than your, than your opponent's threshold is. So... So yeah, um, that's a good, that's a good podcast to listen to. Um, but, uh, again, high achiever giving, uh, some good insight on it. Um, and just to, uh, to close it, close it down my, uh, little soapbox I started with before. Um, the reason why it might be hard for you to open up in training and worry about your, your, um, gym record. It's, it's really easy. I'll just sum it up the, the, the best term and it's, it's douchebags. Okay. Douchebags are the, the reason why, um, that everybody knows them. It's a, it's a, I think it's a smaller percentage of the population, but they're a loud, annoying percentage of the population. Um, 
And what they do is they like power and they like control, but they don't necessarily like to work that hard for it. Um, they, some of them work hard for a portion in their life or that some, you know, some of them just do it through politics and just, you know, rubbing elbows with people and they get into, uh, different positions and stuff. And then they don't want to work really hard. They don't want to earn it. They, they want to keep a position of, of power, um, but they don't necessarily want to work for it really hard. And anybody else that they see coming up, they see as a threat. It's a scarcity mindset, and they see a threat. So this happens in martial arts, but it also obviously happens in politics, where the way that people write different laws and things. Uh, yeah, you've probably worked for a company or organization that you know somebody like this. Um, but uh, one of, so what they do is they don't want to work hard. So oftentimes what they'll identify is they'll see someone with uh, high potential, someone who has a good work ethic. Um, lots of people that have um, good work ethic and there's like a cluster, there's a, like a cluster of good behaviors. We have a, we have a student in our gym that's, um, you know, 15, 16 years old and everybody in the gym knows. And if you, you're training the gym, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't have to say, uh, his name, um, and has a good reputation. And the reason why is really polite. Um, you know, one of the first people in the gym, one of the last people to leave the gym, polite to every single person that walks in, nice to every single person, super competitive, super crazy hard work ethic and the uh the douchebags don't have those qualities and they don't have those traits um and what they do is when they see someone like that uh they want to keep them down or put them down and uh and um a lot of people like that are are they're actually nice people and uh, they have all those good traits that will make them successful and one of those one of those traits is because they're polite um and because they're humble the douchebags will put them down and uh and because they're introspective and they're they're calculating and they're they're constantly trying to adjust and make themselves a better person the douchebags put downs the uh the 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 put downs will work on them all right um so the thing you gotta understand is um if you're one of those people and uh you know it could be uh youtube comments instagram comments whatever just somebody you know doing this you have to understand uh ultimately they're a coward uh most of those people never want they never want to fight they they won't fight anybody that is bigger stronger faster than them they're only they only want challenges of people who they perceive weaker or things that they can win win a fight with um it it happens on the mat it comes out on the mat all the time they'll avoid hard sparring rounds uh but they'll want to go with somebody that they're you know 60 or 80 pounds heavier than or they're higher skilled they've been training longer but they'll they'll avoid all the tough stuff again you don't have to say stuff it just comes out in your behaviors your your ethics and personality comes out in your behaviors. You don't have to tell people what you believe. You automatically show them what you believe by um, how you how you treat people and how you behave. Um, but uh, but yeah, they'll identify uh, people like that and they'll they'll put them down as a way to keep them to keep them weak um, because they don't want to lose that uh, they don't want to lose that that leverage that they have over people. And the thing is, a lot of a lot of people they just. Um, they're, you know, controlling your psychology and your mindset is one of the hardest things uh, to do in your life. And, um, and a lot of people don't study psychology. They don't study sports psychology. Um, 
and uh, and they're just polite people, so they're uh, so they're easy targets for the douchebags. Um, it's one of the best things about training is it it, it gives you the uh, the physical but also mental strength to uh, to stand up to people like that. And um, just so you know, if uh, if you run into somebody like that, now the the thing that's that's just kind of tricky is if you find a alpha male or alpha female, somebody like a high high performance person. Um, they will, with their friends and stuff, they will, it will almost sound like they're being douchebags to each other because they'll pick and they'll have fun and stuff. But that comes down to, that's when you've, uh, when you've uh, created a bond and a real friendship. You can pick with each other and it's fun and you smile and stuff. But it's never, if you listen to the context and stuff, it's really not to really damage the other person. It's not, it's, you're just, you're just picking and you're having fun. It's kind of to amp the other person up or, you know, have a laugh and stuff like that, but it's not really to trying to damage somebody's soul or heart. Um, but, uh, so you might see that and be like, oh, okay. So, uh, you know, uh, just so you know, like uh, the, a mark of an alpha, uh, an alpha male, female, when it comes to physical, um, uh, martial arts and stuff will never like would never put down somebody that's smaller than them or less less skilled than them or anything like that if any it's actually the opposite they um you kind of get like a, you kind of develop a, a protection uh, mindset and mechanism because you have uh, you have this ability, um, this physical and the skill ability um, that uh, that you you actually kind of get like a protective and you want you want to help people out. That's why really good training partners when new people come to the gym, they if they're actually good and they're actually skilled, they don't pick and they don't make fun of people. Um, when they first start training, if they make a mistake doing their guillotine or throwing a, uh, you know, a round kick or something like that, instead they help them out. So that's the mark of a, a true al- alpha and somebody who's um, actually good at something, and they're they're actually probably willing to take a punch in the face, and they have taken a punch in the face, um, and they don't avoid challenges and they don't avoid hard sparring rounds. But uh, so um, yeah, so uh, basically ignore the douchebags, train hard. Um, don't listen to what they say because they're trying to manipulate you, keep you down, keep you weak. Um, ignore it. Uh, and, um, yeah, just don't, uh, don't let those things, uh, don't skip warm-ups. And, uh, yeah, don't let those things, uh, hold you back because they'll slow down your training, they'll slow down your progression, and they'll, uh, just, just not necessary, you know. Just, uh, hit your warm-ups, uh, don't worry about your gym record, rush to failure, so the day of competition, uh, there's, it's impossible for you to fail and, um, ignore the douchebags. Just keep on working hard, training hard, and just know that person that's chirping or talking the most trash and stuff is, uh, is not the, is not the toughest person in the room. Um, so I hope everybody enjoyed this, uh, new episode. Um, I'll see everybody on Monday. If I don't see you over the weekend training, uh, we got grappling games coming up March 7th. So that gives us the rest of January to get, if you took a little break, uh, rest of January to get back into your prime shape, back to where you were if you took a couple weeks off. And then February to build new conditioning and uh, new skills. And then March, go uh, show them. Uh, then also I have a eight-man uh, uh, featherweight, yeah, featherweight 145. Um, 145 combat jiu-jitsu uh, tournament um, that's going to be in I think it's Crossville, Tennessee it's a pretty cool venue, it's at a, it's at a historic theater, but if you want to go to that and get tickets, just let me know and uh, yeah, we can check it out uh, combat jiu-jitsu is basically you know, grab on your feet, just grappling and uh, on the ground you can palm strike so be some fun stuff um, 
yeah so hopefully you enjoyed this episode and uh some new good stuff for you and uh yeah if you're working on some new skills don't worry about uh looking or feeling silly don't worry about failing yeah you want to rush to failure in training in the gym so that ultimately we go to tournaments we go to fights and uh and that's the true testing round that's where we go win all right so thanks for listening to the podcast and uh, see everybody on monday